0: Welcome to episode number 307, Film Fest Filmmaking Part 2.
1: This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by the Motivation Files Unleashed, This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success, available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee-Velez. I'm here with Gabe,
0: Goose, Heck, and Steve. Film Fest Filmmaking Part 2. In this episode, we have special guest Steve Demba. We cover topics that range from filmmaking, cinematography, creative processes, film festivals, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Carol Burnett and Aubrey Huppern. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening
2: pleasure kicking things off steve thanks for joining us man we appreciate it no it's a it's a pleasure being back here i didn't know you guys would have me back after last time so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I promised you guys after i completed that next film i was coming right back Right? yeah that's right yeah, that's yeah right. i kept that's my
0: true. that's true you did you kept your word so so steve uh, and morgan were here back i think it was 2019 yeah it's a couple <laughs> years ago uh, at least. yeah a hundred episode 152 so do the math right we're now episode 307 so it's literally half of our our lifespan here in the uh, Rotated (laughs) Views podcast Uh, but anyway so so Steve so obviously folks if you're listening check out episode 152 it's still out there on all your major platforms but for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do
2: let us know Uh, I am a fourth year doctorate student I am a filmmaker um, and I'm just uh, a creative at heart, and yeah. and um, just trying to do my best to express that while also balancing all the uh, all my other responsibilities as well. And yeah, uh, yeah it's actually it's a very uh, unique, interesting time in my life right now. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm in the middle of a lot of things. Um, like you said, last time I was here was 2019. Yeah. So we're talking about a film that I wrote three years ago. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's new for a lot of people. Yeah. The film, uh, the release date, but for me, it's such an old topic. It's like, yeah. as, a, as, a, uh, like as an artist, yeah. discussing something that is new to everybody else, except you, while you're already, I'm already on...
0: The I'm next project. Exactly, right?
2: I'm already <laughs> writing the next film, and now I have to, like, kind of take a step back and, like, kind of put myself back in that... Uh, that zone that I was in a couple of years ago, um, it's very, it's interesting, that's where I am right now.
0: That's wild, yeah. So, we, I think we ended uh, that episode with you talking about specifically this project, and I don't know if it was completed at that point or if it was almost there, um, but I do remember because I was looking at our show notes from the last time and it was there, I'm like, holy smokes, he was definitely saying... Uh, they had started it or whatever and that he's gonna come back on when it's completed. So here we are
2: Did I say I was gonna win a couple of wars and come back? Was that in the note because I was telling everybody like I'm gonna win a couple <laughs> of words with the next one Then I'm gonna come back with more credits more credentials Yeah, to my I, name. I feel like I feel like that might have been said I, f- I feel like it was <laughs> a lot of it like it, it's,
0: it's you manifested it all.
2: I mean I also knew it, you know, yeah, what I mean like it, yeah. it's such a it's a very interesting feeling. Like you just know when you're onto something. Yeah. That first one, um, uh, from episode 150, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. Um, I didn't promote it anywhere. Yeah. Like my Instagram is like filled with like no good D stuff right now. Yeah. Um, because I am so much more proud of the work that me and my team. Because I I assure you, this is a very collaborative. Yeah. Uh, art scene when it comes to filmmaking, and No Deed itself is very yeah. collaborative. A lot of um, a lot of talented people helped me create this, so I felt obligated to them and myself to kind of promote this more than the last one.
0: Yeah, for sure. So talk a little bit about that, right? So uh, we have um, we've had uh, like music artists on, and they they talk a lot about collaborations, right? And like how when they're in the studio. Um, there's a totally different vibe when there's another creative person in there and it kind of, they feed off that energy. Um, so so when, you're in, when you're doing your projects, your, 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 your brainstorming or your creative processes and someone interjects with a piece of their creative thought, ha- how does that, you know, how do you guys
2: intertwine that so it makes sense? So, in my opinion, when it comes to filmmaking, I think in the art space, filmmaking might be probably the most collaborative, dependent, Um, art scene, yeah. because it just requires, especially with my methods, like, it's not just a camera for me, it's music, it's this, it's Mm. this, it's this, like, especially with my process, and one of my favorite characteristics about myself is, um, which I actually realized about myself through filmmaking, is I'm really good at bringing talent on board um I, I feel like i'm a good like i have a good eye for talent yeah and everybody that helped me with my first film no plow stop for the dead if you see those credits you're going to see the same credits for no good deed yeah I, I knew it was going to be a growing process i knew that no plow stop for the dead was mandatory in order to create a film that is going to win yeah and won 18 film festivals um, because if that project is not made and we go straight to no good deed, it's, it's, I, don't f- I know it wouldn't be as good as it is. So when it comes to collaborating, it comes with trust, understanding that people are talented and they're there for a reason. Yeah. I brought them on board for a reason. They understand my vision. I think it's very important to bring people that trust in your vision as well. Um, they're, they're not there just to, you know, put a credit on their resume or collect a check they're there because they genuinely believe in you and your vision and they're there to help promote it and enhance it so my collaborative process have been seamless because first is the exact same team from the first one yeah i take again i take pride in building those relationships and not one off right new cinematographer new editor plus i know how frustrating it is to work with me yeah so i i also need those people who uh who are patient and are able to butt heads with me because it's it's literally inevitable like yeah. we will butt heads yeah, you yeah, yeah, will yeah. hate me yeah <laughs> and then but at the end of it like that's the number one thing when there is frustration when there is um, butting heads and it, it's also healthy. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm not saying that as if. Not coming to blows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I always, always ended with, I promise you, the final piece will be worth it. Yeah. Like, we, we can go through this now, but at the end, we're going to look back on this. Like, it, yeah. it'll be worth it. So, it's, it's, it's a, uh, when you have those right people, it's an awesome process. So, I saw, um, at least
0: one similar actor from the first film to the second Exactly you see so, Yeah so I noticed him. there was two oh, There was, there was the, two It was the
2: waiter and the the other guy Exactly at the, at the, at the table the ball guy
0: yeah. Um, yeah but anyway so we we have and I think it was um, you guys Van
2: Barrett and Robert Damn it Robert Schrofire. Sh- okay. those are the two those actors exactly that Okay, came okay. Back. nice um, so
0: when when you're when you're selecting your, the, the actors to basically portray your vision, because that's what they're doing, right? Um, do, ha, what does that process look like? Do, they, do, you have, do you feel like when you're selecting them, they have to fit it exactly, or do you think you can get them to mold into?
2: So initially, the f- with the first film, I'll, I'll go back to the first film because yeah. it's a good kind of, it, it illustrates the evolution mm-hmm. of my creative process. With the first film, I just hired whoever I could get.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just—if you were open to working with me on this film, then come on in. Yeah. I mean, if you're the 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 script was already obscure, the idea was already obscure. So if you're actually open-minded to this, like yeah. it's already a good sign okay. in, in terms of uh, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of so collaborating. Funny. And um, for the second one, I understood the roles um, that. I was able to build those pro- those relationships with two of the actors from the first one. And I brought them back. And I knew which roles they would fit perfectly nice. for. The main actor role, that was the one where I didn't feel like I had that. Um, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. But when you see it, that's when it hits gotcha. you. So, interesting enough, Caleb, Atheist, he is the main actor for No Good Deed. The way I actually... Found Caleb was so. This is. I think I've told this story. I'm not sure. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, just because it's such a, it's such a uh, coincidence, like kind of story. Yeah. Caleb and I were classmates in middle school, Woodrow Wilson okay. Middle School. Literally classmates. I haven't spoken to him or seen him since but bef- prior to starting No Good Deed. And one day I was on the way to Penn campus and it was traffic hour and everything and I see this guy walking past me at the moment I didn't even know it was Caleb Yeah. but when I saw him I knew it was like wait that's the character that I was writing about on Oga D like that's him I don't know who that was but I'm like that's who I was just writing about wow (laughs) like and when I I, I was a creep, like I was staring at him. I, I legit <laughs> put on the emergency lights. I, put on the emerg- I was gonna put on the emergency lights fly to my in car and just, hey, have you uh, acted before? <laughs> Cause I just wrote about you recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was staring at him like a creep and then my brain was like, hold up, hold up, you know this guy. And I'm like, wait, was that Caleb? So I go on Facebook, I search up Caleb and I see the tattoos, I see the guy, I'm like, wait, I, that's Caleb, my classmate from middle school that I haven't so- spoken to since. I message him directly, immediately, like, hey, have you acted before? I just wrote a script and I feel like you're perfect. He was like, actually, I just took some acting classes. What? Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Listen, I was like, let me send you over the script and tell me what you think. Yeah. So I sent over the script to him yeah. and he sends me back like, when do we start filming? This is crazy. Wow. I'm like, wow. oh man, this is so awesome. And he made the script better. He, he asked me, do I know the name of the character? And I was like, I honestly didn't. Yeah. With my writing process, sometimes I don't, it's a strange writing process. I don't necessarily name my characters. Yeah. I kind of let my actors. I kind of it, whatever. They can, th- they're gonna mold into the character anyway. Right. So when you ask me, how do I get them to mold? It's, I don't, it's, it's, we both kind of discussed the vision that I have for the character. Right. You, he named the character River. He was like, can I name him? I was like, perfect. Like, do what you want with him. Like, he's yours. He gave me I feel like there's buy-in, right? So now I feel like now he has buy-ins. Exactly. Hold on now I have a piece of this. And it makes my life easier because I'm I'm very I'm very visual. I I can focus more on the cinematography, on the shots, on some of the other things. And when I know I can trust my actors to take that role and do what trust them enough where they could do what they want with it. And that's how the process began. He made he told me about some of his hobbies. And I incorporated some of his hobbies into the character. Okay. So the uh, the how do how much do I want to uh, discuss some of the scenes? (laughs) This is an interesting. uh, I don't know how much I want to reveal, (laughs) but for example, the sculpt. I'll I'll just I'll be vague. The sculpting scene, Mm -hmm. right? That was one of his hobbies. Wow. He he created those. Uh, That was never originally in the script. So as I was, I also like to get to know the. Human themselves, and kind of incorporate some of their uniqueness into the character and like blend it in into like one, you know, persona. So that was my collaborating process. uh, And it meshed perfectly. It was just such a seamless process, and I was very lucky. Caleb nailed it. Yeah, yeah. He would ask me like, um, he he would ask me how. Because there were specific scenes where I would overly compliment him. You nailed that, you nailed that. And yeah. then there were some scenes where he would ask me, hey, you didn't tell me anything this time. And I'm like, listen, I promise you, I i wouldn't let you do a yeah, bad yeah, job. Like, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I got your back. Yeah. You got my back and I got your back. So it yeah. was kind of that process. And so, so, yeah, so do you allow them to, like, do you want them to improv? Because I know improv becomes takes it a little a little bit more into a different scene where they have might they might have a whole different dialect than what you you had out on it. Like Yeah. How do um, you let them go on that? I'm very open minded when it comes to improv. Uh, I I know other directors are like strict very strict yeah. when it comes to that. I, I don't it, it's art. You know, yeah. like express yeah. yourself. Be yeah. yes, you yeah. can improv all you want. But doesn't I mean it's
0: gonna make it exactly
2: exactly <laughs> hundred percent I, I will cut it right there if i like, like, you can improv but i will cut it <laughs> if it's not going where i want it um and it's it's, it's happened it's absolutely it's, it's happened so of course i i allow improv um again it's art express yourself i you're here for a reason i have trust in you you have trust in me let's
3: mm-hmm.
2: Because you so might come with something
1: that. slightly better than what I thought, what I had in mind. A
2: hundred, exactly. Because I already know the cinematography is going to be the good. Yeah. The shot's going to be good. Now it's the intermediate stuff that's inside of that square in the yeah. film, and that, when I know the cinematography is good and everything else is good, the uh, the shot and everything, it it allows for them to improv because everything else yeah. is good, and just for them to do what they do
3: yeah
0: so me and gabe put together a like a motivational mixtape type of thing and part of that process was uh selecting the right music oh yeah so that is for everyone out there who has not done any of this or has ever tinkered around that is way harder than well it was way harder for us i should speak for myself that was way harder than i thought it was going to be especially there's a wild range of music or instrumentals you can pick from and you basically, the world is yours, but that can become overwhelming because it's almost like you have too many options. Yeah. So, explain a little bit about that. H- how do you select uh, what, what works for you? For
2: No Good D, so I'll go, over, I'll go over two things when it comes to music for me. I, I take pride in my culture my father is Albanian, my mom is Greek, I grew up in Greece, um, so I always, because I also understand that filmmaking is an art and I'm also expressing myself, I think it's important for me to bring those ties and kind of bring them out into my filmmaking. Absolutely. So that's why, why in that first scene, the music that's played is an original Greek song Yeah. by a legendary uh, Greek singer. Nice. So, I took pride in making sure that I chose something like that, and I knew the, see, it, may, it makes so much sense, and it's also funny to me, because I know the audience isn't going to understand the lyrics, yeah. but the lyrics are so fitting with what's going on wow. in the film. it's like, cool. It's not just a random woman You're, singing, mm. like, I promise you, the lyrics make sense. Yeah. Everything, I don't want to sound too, uh, everything in my film makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, everything is there for a reason. Even when you think there's something going on, its I promise, there's foreshadowing everywhere. That's why a lot of people... One of my favorite compliments is when somebody says they enjoyed it the second time. Mm. Because the second time is when you view more, because n- my art will never be, and I will make sure of that, it will never be easy to consume. Yeah, I will throw at you a lot. Um, I trust in my audience and music has so much to do with that. I think music can carry a scene. Mm. Um, it can bring this poetic vibe to it if, if it's done right. Yeah. Because sometimes it's... I don't want to sound like a critic, but it, there, I just see a lot of random things when it comes to music and the scene and it leaves me confused, so that's how I approach music. I always want to tie back to my roots and express something, as well as something that makes sense with what I'm displaying on screen, and I also had a film composer for this Film, No Good Deed. Oh, that's cool. Um, Andy Rinaldi, super talented. I actually met him on Reddit. I was kind of promoting, like, I didn't promote No Plot Styles for the Dead anywhere, because it wasn't good, but on Reddit, I still wanted to promote it on Reddit, because I know that's an audience where I can get some useful feedback. Yeah. And Andy was one of the first people to reach out to me. Hmm. Um, and that's how we kind of began. It turned out he was based out of Philly. Oh, wow. He was like, I don't know what he saw in me, because again, I, the film is not, the, it's <laughs> not that good. But he saw something and he immediately was like, you know, what are you working on next? I'm curious about what's next. Like He, I, he was curious about the progression. Yeah. And I discussed the film with him and what it was. He read the script. And that's when we started forming a relationship. We discussed the tones I was going for. It was a very, very collaborative process when it came to the score. And I wanted a professional to do it. But I I took, I wanted, I I made sure No Good Deed was, professionals worked on it. And he helped create the sound and vibe that I was going for. Like you hear cellos, you hear dark overtones. Mm -hmm um we brought a a musician from Canada to do some of the uh, some of the sound work instruments and yeah it's just ex- and that kind of puts into perspective how many people work on these things? Yeah. some you know somebody from yeah. Canada does the instruments. Sure, somebody from Philly does this. You're the. You're doing the credits.
0: This. I felt like just kept going. I'm yeah, like, oh, <laughs> smokes. There's this yeah. many people. Yeah. involved.
2: And I wanted to make sure everybody got their due credit. Um, so, so
0: what? Where was the growth in your mind? Because. Um, I made a point to go back to the first film, and the well, I made a bad point in watching the second one first, and then going to the first. one, I'm like, "Good lord, there's a big ass difference." Because yeah. <laughs> uh, then it was like, and then I felt bad. I'm like, "Whoa." Yeah, I told no, you. Seriously, no, seriously, it's like definitely. seriously different. So the first, so the first one we saw because we had you on here. So then I didn't nice. notice the first link or whatever the hell, you, whatever the heck he sent me because it was like it was a private link. It was like on Vimeo or something. The second, yeah. So I <laughs> that's the first thing I saw. So I watched it. Then I went back and like let me check out the other one. And first of all, the second one's like four times longer too. Well, yeah. That was like the dramatic uh, initial difference. Um, but wow, from storyline to cinematography, just everything, everything was like yeah. ten times better. Um, so so what
2: what do you attribute the growth to in such a short period of time? That comes with the expansion of thought, the expansion of just, I knew I could do more. Yeah. I knew that first one was kind of rushed. I wrote it in like four days. Yeah. Uh, me and, and I i even worked with Olsen to co-write that one. And we quickly created that just so we can compete in the Penn Film Festival. We just wanted to submit something. And it was also a good, uh, good practice for me. I, I saw it as literally in the middle of filming that uh that film, like, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> what, what am I doing? Like, what am I do? Like, uh, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm not really liking this. Sh- uh, like, uh, like, maybe, let me just go well, back to, to your, school. To, to
0: your credit. <laughs> 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 he, recon- he contemplated life. Um, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> to, to, like, I, mean, I,
2: I was literally behind that camera. I wasn't just contemplating the shot. I was contemplating everything in that moment. <laughs> and nobody had no idea. Like, I, I try to do my best to, like, contain all that doubt because people look to you. Sure. Yeah. You know, so I, I wanted to keep my composure, and the the show keeps going. So, and yeah, so with the expansion is, I knew I could do better. Yeah. I knew if I had more time, I could do better. I know the writing could do better, and it just came with confidence. Like, I I really don't know how to explain it. It's, and I know the next one is going to be exponentially better than this one. Like yeah. I'm just, and I know it. Like. Y- yeah. I don't want to sound overconfident, but it's just something that I instinctively know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then it's just my job to kind of manufacture it, create it, and not just say it's gonna be better, but also you know, go Act about the on. process.
0: Yeah, I mean, um it, it and, well, so there's something to be said though too to to create something in that for the first film in such a short time frame, that your creative processes are, it's not the same. They're kind of interrupted. They're not really flying around freely it's kind of forced to some extent um and then you're just trying to get man when was i last created maybe like last summer let me grab a cool idea i had from last summer and you're just like jamming it into this whatever four minute film (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so it's hard yeah and so which is i mean that definitely plays a a role into it so it's it's good to put that into perspective for the listeners too um again that also cue for you all to check out check back at 152 because they give more detail on what that process was and why they did what they did uh for the pen uh film festival so it's interesting but this looked like it was like night and day and congrats because it is a heck of a job thank you Um, thank you so much well done so let's talk a little bit about the the tones of the film it was um and and what does
2: lighting do and play into that if you haven't realized, there's like a little. There's a theme when it comes to my filmmaking. I enjoy darkness. I I enjoy a certain feeling. I enjoy a certain mood. And it, again, it becomes a collaborative process with my cinematographer. Yeah. It's I try my best to be as coherent as possible with what I want and implement that into the writing, because when I'm writing, I'm not just writing words. I'm simultaneously creating the scene in my head like I, i know what i'm going for i know the look that i'm going for i know the tone and i know the relationship that i want the camera to have with the scenes itself um i try to treat my cameras not it's not just a camera that's trying to uh you know, capture what's going on in front of it. It it has life, it has a role in my scenes. Yeah. And as a, whatever you think it is, I, I try my best to give it character. Yeah. And I mean, the subject matter, the tone, like, it starts off, the way No Good D starts off, you already, you already know, like, I, I make sure you know instantly what you're in store for. Right. Um, we start off with the quote, we go straight into a prolonged darkness and then i immerse you into the sound that's always i feel like that's going to be a reoccurring theme with my future projects as well i just i just love the idea of darkness just sound give the audience time to kind of let their curiosity increase let their curiosity take over and then show them something they that i know they weren't expecting yeah and then we're off and running and uh one thing that i constantly uttered during the filmmaking is like i wanted to punch the audience in the face
3: yeah (laughs) it was
2: like and let's do that visually let's do that yeah let's mm, i wouldn't necessarily say a a shock value um it's more unpredictability yeah it's you i'm not allowing you To know where we're going, like Hmm. you think you have an idea, but I promise you, you don't. Like I I feel like don't
0: let them know your next move.
2: (laughs) It's it's also like a game. Like I had so much fun with it. Like I I knew I was misleading the audience. I knew what I was doing with my writing. I knew what I was doing with the camera, and it was it's just so fun for me. And it's easy. That's also what motivates me to keep going, because I know that's natural for me. It's it's so it's it's easy, and I'm good at it. And that's the thing that's always going to uh, force me to keep going. And exactly, bringing that back with the tone and kind of the dark vibes. A lot of my favorite inspirations come from those kind of similar tones and I recreate them in my own way. I try to be original. Um, but trust me, there's so much inspiration into my filmmaking. I have so many. I am a fan of so many um directors so many painters philosophers i mean we start yeah. off with a with a uh, with a quote from a psychologist so yeah just bringing the carl themes, Young, right yes carl Young. bringing the themes together bringing everything together it's just i know it's naturally going to be a a dark kind of tone and it, again that is exacerbated with the colorist, it's like, so many people go into it, into helping make those tones come come into um, fruition, so. So would you ever link two
0: projects, or are you to the nature of one project is one project? And I ask because this past weekend, I watched a movie, I'm not going to say what movie it is, but it was an older movie, Brad Pitt was in it. Um, It wasn't called Troy. Anyway, so at the end, it was kind of, you're watching this, I don't know, however you want to take this movie. And for the most part, it was pretty good. And then I felt like the way it ended was super cheesy. And it was like, I believe they were trying to lead into the next whatever project with Achilles literally got yeah. hit with an arrow in his Achilles and like oh my yeah. gosh who wrote this this is yeah. awful right and so but anyway and then you know you've seen the the prince like stare out in the distance and like oh and they're going to the underworld I get it they're going, probably going to come up with something anyway that was a very cheesy way of doing it but it, it, it's I remember I knew we were going to have you on I went to ask you I'm like is that something you would consider or is that you just kind of keep them separate or maybe not right now it's not something you're looking no. at
2: the, the answer is no yeah. to, to the question. Uh, I get into specific zones, yeah. specific phases when I'm writing. I, I feel like I'm like sacrificing a small, small part of my sanity yeah. when I go into these phases, these creating processes, um, just because I know it's a piece of me as well. It's yeah. like I put a piece of me into the art that I know I will never get back. Mm. So when I'm done with... Said film or said project, I'm done with it. Yeah, it it already took that specific part. There's not an I'm not you know. There's no other parts that I'm going to put into it. The world is done. I'm on to the next film. Yeah. I'm I probably know not my next three films. It's it's I I never look for sequels, but if somebody you know if I, it was like a mandatory thing where hey we want to see you. Along this, and see what you can do if you cr- if you you know created it into a longer film, and if you show us something even more, then we'll help fund your next project. Right. On. O- only under those circumstances will I like force myself, and I don't even like that word forcing myself yeah. to create. But if it means helping create the next project, because the next project, man, listen. But uh, <laughs> if it help, if I know it helps. To create that next project then I'm all for it but that's literally the only way if I know it will benefit me into helping create my next project because once I create the next project I'm confident I probably won't need I probably won't need to you know look for people I I feel like it'll be a much easier a much easier um, process of getting funds or whatever is required for the next film because yeah, the next one is this is the one I've been waiting for. Um, but again, with no good deed, I'm done with no good deed. I, yeah. I'm already I already started writing the next one, so no, I, I don't. I'm not the kind of filmmaker that will create sequels or go back into a piece that I'm done with because I already gave that piece away. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want it back. I'm not getting it back. So yeah. So to to that note, you're when you're.
0: Thinking of your next project, or you're already going after it. When what is your creative? Do you, are you creating a whole storyline? Do you have storyboards? Do you have things to that to tools to help you kind of guide you along the way? Do you write in patches or pieces? Exactly. Okay. Right there. Stop
2: right there. Yeah. Uh, I write on patches. Um, I'm not the most chronological narrative uh, writer or creator. I think of scenes that I know will make the final cut, yeah. but I, I don't necessarily know the order in that moment. But yeah. I know it's going to make it, cause man, I, I know if it looks good in my head, it's going to look good in front of a camera. Yeah. So that's how I compartmentalize all those scenes, um, those writings, passages. So I do write in, I do write in uh, patches. I. For me, first step is always having the first scene. Okay. I feel like. What I, Even though I do write in patches, the first step is knowing how to start the film. Mm. So I think that's a very powerful... Because this is the first thing that your audience is going to see. This Absolutely. is the first thing that is going to captivate the audience. So Absolutely. I take super pride into putting extra effort into the beginning sequences and laying those out first because if if those first scenes are not good then i scrap the project if i know if i know i can't start this idea in a captivating matter but not in a cliche like i know a very original scene or few scenes that will tell the audience oh we're we're in store for something yeah i want to captivate the audience with those first scenes and then once i have that I start writing the middle scenes. I start, I hope, it's, it's harder to write the final scene than the beginning scene because, again, it's easy to, in my opinion, in my process, it's easier to, it's easy to start something, and then once you fill in the gaps in the middle, it makes the ending kind of more, it clarifies what I want, how I want to end it. And then those patches, those missing scenes in-betweens, mm-hmm. that's when now I get into research mode. I whether it's I can literally find inspiration from a poem it doesn't have to be film for me. It right. can be a painting. Yeah. It can be a poem. It can be anything. So I get into I call it theft mode. Yeah. But to be politically correct, we'll call it inspiration. <laughs> That's when I'll start watching films, especially older films. Yeah. I love watching older films because they convey a poetic style theme that I also enjoy and am good with like my films even with no good deed I feel like with today's cinema it it always frustrates me because it's like everybody kind of directs the same way same quick cuts this 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 and I just I don't think people filmmakers watch enough old cinema in my opinion because and you can tell by the this quick pace I like treating my scenes kind of like like quicksand yeah. Like, I, I like to wait. I like to be patient. I like for you to also be patient like, with like that me. that slow build. Let, let, let that slow build. Let's, let's immerse. And that's why I enjoy sound and music so much, because that helps that immersion process. Um, in the bathroom scene, that drip in the background, mm-hmm. not everybody's, you know, but it's there. Even if you realize it, I know psychologically in the back of your head, even if you're not aware of it, it's there, like you're hearing a drip, yeah, and that helps bring you into the scene like there's a lot of little quirky sounds that I didn't want to take off just to help bring you into the into the scenes. I don't even know what the question was. I just, <laughs> went, on a, I just went on a little rant. No, it's um, all good. But
0: but it's it's interesting because um, um, in in speaking when you do uh, speaking engagements, and you're taking training for public speaking, let's just say, they the, one of the first things they say they you have the audience for forty-five to sixty seconds. If you don't. Have capture them within that small time frame. Now, filming film might be different, but it's it's interesting. No, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's the if they're bored, I'm like, what in the heck? Yeah.
2: People don't have a good span to begin with. <laughs> right. I mean, technology, uh, everything is quick to us. quick, yeah. quick, quick, quick. So yeah. again, that's why I also know the importance of starting fast, starting strong, just so I I try to get that trust from the audience. Mm. To let them know, watch the entire thing. If, you're yeah. going, if you like these first few seconds, these first few minutes, continue watching. Like now they have in trust in me because they enjoy that first impression of the film. So mm-hmm. now they're going to give me the benefit of the doubt. They'll stick with the entire process, the entire um, project and that, yeah, c- those first few seconds, first few minutes is crucial.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, all right, so what about, another thing I'm, I'm interested in is you, you got the music, you got the, uh, the tones, you got the actors, what about the time period? Does that play into effect? So I'm not saying that people are going to be wearing medieval like night suits or anything and I'm also not saying that they're going to be, you know, oh it depends, it depends on wh- what you're doing, is how much does that play a role into what you're conveying?
2: I didn't have that option with a short film. Yeah. Okay. With a short film, you're not necessarily you can, but it's time periods are expensive. Yeah. They're expensive. If you thought I needed help, if I need, I needed a lot of people to help with no good deed. I can, you can only imagine what it's like with a time period. I knew I didn't have the sources for that. And plus, if I'm going to make a time period, which a little foreshadowing. Um, my next film is a time period, Okay. but my next film is also my debut feature. Got it. So it it allows me more flexibility for that immersion and to to uh, actually now that I think about it, my next like three films are all time periods. <laughs> <laughs> it went on <laughs> from like now nah, we
0: don't do that here. Oh yeah, you know what the next three are? <laughs> I, I just everything yeah, from
2: here on out.
3: Yeah,
2: or now. yeah every, I forever. Mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I. I Kind of consider myself like. So uh, so explain that though. Explain why why that's so hard. Well, first and foremost, I, I want to be like a little tra- a time traveler. I want to go back into yeah. uh, into time periods and and depict these worlds that we're not accustomed to. I'm not a big fa- I'm not a big fan of uh, modern films that kind of take place in, in modern times. I, I really do enjoy those time periods. Showing me something that I'm not accustomed to seeing, which mm-hmm. is um, film kind of, just giving that, giving the audience a new experience. And I feel like time pieces do that really well. And with short films, it, it takes a lot of funds because wardrobe, you, your setting, there are so many more things that are now Take factor into the creating process. You need a lot more help now. Yeah. And those people, it's they're not cheap. Yeah. Wardrobe, especially I'm a perfectionist, so if I'm gonna get you like you're going hmm. I-, I want the best. I don't want you know, just to say I created a, a a time period just for the sake of it. Heck, what was the movie with the um not Tucker? Was it Tucker? The old the guy from
0: Philly, he made his own car.
1: Uh, one head it moved in the middle? Yeah. It was Tucker. It was Tucker.
0: Okay, so there was a movie called Tucker. Anyway, so I believe it was based out of the 30s, 40s, whatever. So, anyway, so there's a very, and it's Philly. Like, it was shot in Philly and everything, right? So, what I. Not in a, in, a, in a way that I'm not paying attention to what's going on. I'm looking at all the background. So I'm like, what what car is out of date? That yeah. car is not yeah. supposed to be there, right? And so I'm looking at the background. You know how expensive that gotta be? Exactly. All
2: these old classic cars gotta be from that same era, mm-hmm. just moving around, that can't be true. And cheap. I'm so detail-oriented <laughs> that I will be the first to realize that before it even gets to you, <laughs> yeah, before yeah. it even gets to the audience's yeah. eyes. That's not going to escape me. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's just a matter of funds, honestly. It's a matter of yeah. people, it's a matter of it's. A matter of uh, resources that's honestly the easy answer like it it just is what it is that's why the next one I need a much bigger budget yeah for the next film um and that's why I did my best to show a future investor what I can do with no good deal with a small budget project yeah three thousand is not a lot yeah it's not especially for all those all those um, Credits, all those names that yeah. you saw. Yeah, yeah it's not. Sh- and I'm so thankful for all of them because they they believed in the vision. So they they gave me a little a little break as well because uh, those people, in my opinion, well they know it too. They didn't get paid what they deserve, but they also knew that and yeah. they were still willing. That's why I'm so grateful to continue to bring the same people because it's so helpful for filmmakers that are just starting out yeah. to gain trust and that cohesive, consistent collaboration. Um, so that way, when you do create award-winning films, they that trust is now cemented. Now they're like, all right, now now we can like, yeah. let's go. I mean, I t- and with Morgan... Hart, my cinematographer, and Sid Miller, my editor. One of the things that I did was, they actually each won, Morgan won a best cinematographer award, and Sid won a best editing award. But, so they didn't know that. I, because during the film festival process, when you're entering these contests you're kind of like checking off what you want so mine okay. are going for a short film i didn't care enough for best director or any individual like I, I i'm not big on i'm not seeking that validation i feel like if my film can win then that's all the validation i mm-hmm. need yeah, yeah yeah i don't need like a best di- so i didn't compete in any uh, best directing categories but i did Without their knowledge, I did uh, submit Morgan for cinematography and Sid for editing just to kind of show them that appreciation and being naive thinking and being confident that they were going to win because if if they didn't win, I'm like, all right, do I do it next one? am I I chasing those awards for them? But luckily, they were both able to win and I was able to present to them the uh, the certificates and they can now say they're both... Award-winning editors, Absolutely. cinematographers, respectively, yes.
0: and that's awesome. That is cool. Um, all right. So before we get into questions with uh, you know sp- audience-specific for our audience, is there anything you wanted to talk about uh, with the current project or any topics, any future project we should look out for? I just don't want to cut short anything you wanted to hit that we didn't.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, this is a very s- fitting place to uh, announce my next one because I've I not spoken to uh, I do have two interviews coming up and they part of their questions was what is the next um, film, but I like postponed them as much as I could yeah so I could kind of present it here. Present <laughs> <laughs> We're up <laughs> here yeah.
3: Ding, ding,
2: ding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I also um, wanted to do that um right now currently I am writing my next debut feature. it's called Kanun. okay. It is a... I'm still working on the logline. I'm going to just... I actually haven't read it in a while. I'm kind of like just pitching it again. Hopefully, I remember correctly. A 500-year-old ancient Albanian law obligates two families from opposing villages to kill off the males in ascending order in the name of revenge. Huh. Uh, Yeah. Something like that. That's how it goes. So, that's what I'm currently um, writing. I've already wrote the beginning right now i you know actually I wanted to speak on this it's I had like this crazy uh, realization like a few months maybe last month where again for me the writing process is always first writing those scenes, those images that are popping in my head. Because I'm not, again, it's not a forceful process with me. They come yeah. to me in a right. way. I, it sounds strange, but sometimes it feels like ideas are just kind of like coming from another place. And I'm just like, oh, like it, it, yeah. it takes me by surprise sometimes. I'm like, yes, let me write that down. <laughs> <He> said, oh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm, I'm glad I thought of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, and I'll, I'll take full credit for it. And um, yeah, that process. I knew how I wanted to start it, and again, it's it's there's going to be a reoccurring theme with sound. With you're you're going to see, it. and I started the research project because, I'm, because it is a timepiece. Yeah, I'm thinking Albania. 1960s to the 80s, somewhere like that. That's still to be determined. Yeah. So the first thing I'm doing is trying to create that world. Got it. I I don't necessarily do storyboards because it's just so easy for me to kind of like compartmentalize the visuals in my head. Like, I do the storyboards internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know everybody has a different process, but for me, it's just easy to just store them. I tried once. But I, I just found it so inefficient because I'm like, okay, I can stop this because I'm, I'm literally, the storyboard is already something that's already in my head, so yeah. I, I don't need this. Like, yeah, I know yeah. how it's going to be shot. So with this one, with, again, because it is my first time writing a timepiece, I got my cousin involved, Igley, who's uh-huh. a, I've been collaborating, I mean, that's my... I love collaborating with Iggy. That's my cousin. Yeah. I've been doing it since we were seven. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, whether it's a poster that didn't even come out, it can be the... Him and I just love just to be in the same room and just come up with ideas. Yeah. And he got his master's in architect. Okay, nice. So I'm like, who's better than to help me build the architect world with Canoon? Yeah. Because that's a... I want to film it in albania like i'm not going to desert to the to arizona to like a a film friendly time period piece where they can recreate it i want to be authentic as possible with my process i I think again it's very important for me to be authentic and because that authenticity whether you realize it or not like it cuz for me it doesn't matter if you think oh maybe it was shot in the US sure just I, I know it creates this atmosphere this mystique that that authenticity can sometimes exude in in front of a camera so he helped me with the architect um, he helped me visualize how the world is going to look how the architecture the buildings cuz this is an entirely different world
3: yeah yeah
2: and that's why it's so draining for me to like these are such draining processes. When I say like I'm sacrificing like a piece of my sanity, I feel like no plough stops for the dead took like two percent maybe. Yeah. Maybe I sacrificed like two percent out of hundred. Yeah. No good deed was probably like seven percent. Yeah. Canoon lo- is looking like maybe nineteen <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> it's draining. Um, and but he is helping me with the architect. I have. Um, that's where the music came from. I began listening to cultural authentic sounds mm. from that time, mm. and it's very instrumental it's bagpipes it's, yeah. yeah it's it's very it has so much color it, yeah I, I fall in love with those kind of things because that's art invoking yeah. emotion and again i I found how I wanted to start the film with this in terms of sound because I always try to that's first for me Mm. sound is so important for me like i want to emphasize that sound music is just as important as the camera for me Mm. Mm. they have such a symbiotic relationship um and i try my best to be as authentic as possible and when i started getting an idea of how i wanted the film to start i was able to start watching films from that time period too now because that's part of my creative process as well like i want to see what the minds in that time period were thinking so i started watching films albanian films okay from the 70s and 80s and the way they started the film with the sound that they were invoking with the images i i don't want to i don't want to reveal too much but the scenery the sounds that they were creating, I was literally something that I wrote, and it was. It, I came to this crazy uh, realization that these these minds, even from the '70s, yeah. You, like I, I, I have so much respect for directors. Think about it, Albanian directors in the '70s. I. That's not a thing that I, I can only imagine the hard work that it took, because. Funding Art wasn't a big yeah. emphasis in Albanian culture in the 70s. So I have so much respect for those people that went out of their way yeah. because it's hard. Yeah. It is so difficult to create, just period. Yeah. Not, not, I'm not even talking about film anymore, just to create. Yeah. And the, the fact that they were able, I had the same idea, the same tone as they did from the 70s. It, it, I just had, like, this deep, deep uh, realization when it comes to art and when it comes to, like, these thoughts that they're sometimes just kind of just traveling with time. And it's like, oh, now maybe, you know, maybe that's where they... How I uh, stated earlier that they came from another place. Yeah. I mean, maybe these are, th- you know, ideas and thoughts and creativity that kind of just finds the next person who... it You know... Out of the ether. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and they're like, "Oh, wait, he's capable. Let's yeah. le- let's, going to, <laughs> let's, let's go into. Let's go live. Yeah, with him. literally. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's strange, but it's also, I mean, when you're when you're talking about things like this, kind of you have to get into these like these like metaphysical. Uh, exactly. Like, exactly, uh, like it, yeah. it it becomes it becomes strange for some people, but I promise you, some people understand mm. it because it, it is so difficult to describe it and accurately. Have somebody understand what i 'm talking about, but yeah. uh, there are certain people that I know have e- know exactly what I mean, and it was just such a such an eye opener when I d- started watching those films and it was like man, so I know i 'm starting the right way i know i 'm mm-hmm. in the right path so so I think another thing that um When you said
0: with the location where it's not this artificial thing that you're building and it's actually uh, your on-site, so to speak, on the, I think it also, it allows you to continue or the actors to continue that authenticity. It kind of streamlines it instead of this, oh my God, I got to pretend I'm in Albania. I know damn well I'm in Arizona right now. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, I think... You don't even have to say much yeah. they are gonna feel it from the actual atmosphere and they themselves are going to be better at what they're going to try 100
2: the atmosphere the location the setting is just as much of a collaborator as an actual yeah you know human being it's because it's there to kind of invoke something that you're trying to to display which you know s- is kind of like a. That's why I consider it a collaborator. That's why setting is so important for me, especially with what I want to do with the next film. And exactly, like it's going to help my, with my vision. Yeah, it's it's a different world. It's yeah. different air. It's different everything. Everything. Mm. And and that's where. Um, and that requires food, even more smells, everything. As soon as you go there, it's a, it's not yeah. Philly anymore. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm no, saying? Absolutely. It's like
0: the inspiration's totally different. Then you feel like that ancestral bond
2: too. That's going to be pulling you. you it's well wild. said. It's it's part of that immersion process. Yeah. I, I don't just try to get my audience to immerse into the film, into the scene. Yeah. It's also getting my collaborators, my actors, everybody that's helping with said film, immerse them as well. And what's a better way than to actually put them in the location where the the period piece is taking place? Yeah.
0: I love it. Alright, so, so you mentioned when we first started, you mentioned you have a lot going on. It's an interesting time in your life. There's uh, many moving parts, let's just say. My question that we ask all of our guests is, how do you what works for you? How do you manage it all with you know obviously keeping your sanity? So to speak.
2: You know, everybody, I, I get that question. It's like, <laughs> man, you're doing rotations, you're writing, you're doing this. Like, where do you find the time? And I know the answer sucks, but I don't know. It's just something that <laughs>
0: it's that was inspirational, <laughs> folks. Yeah.
2: It it just it just I just do. Like I don't yeah. know, man. It, I, I wish I had a better answer. I, I truly do, but it, it happens. It, it just does, and. That's where the help of others is involved. Um.
0: <laughs> I feel like you know what you want, and you ju- you're just going after it little by little. Whether exactly. that's you know, and you mentioned through your film process, you have patience. Um, you know, there's a creative process. You're slow with it, and you're not forcing anything. So, it, I mean, literally through your film process, you basically ex- described your personality.
2: You know what? Thank you for that. You're I, welcome. <laughs> I, I never thought. Of- I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. For Perfect. <laughs> I agree. I'm glad we're having this session. <laughs> well said, yeah. Who who knew this would be a little therapy session? I, I didn't know I needed it. It's so
0: yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, all right, so one more question. For all of your experience you combine it with, with uh, you know, filmmaking. If someone's just getting started, maybe it's like a little high school kid who could be listening to this right now, um, or maybe it's just someone who just they're beyond that out of school and has nothing to do with age and they're just thinking you know what i want to try i want to start a, my own little project just to see where it goes. what what maybe tips you have for them to if they're going to get started what is it equipment is it research is it you know what which how should they start
2: well it begins will they like go crazy if they don't create it yeah like that's an important question like yeah. will you like go mad if you don't create that piece that's been in your head for a while yeah so it starts there if you're content with it just being stored there then because this is this is so hard it takes so many moving pieces yeah um like creating a film is borderline a miracle because so many things have to (laughs) go right yeah in so many different instances like and it's like percentage wise it's just difficult um do you well with me it starts with ask yourself first are you would you go mad if you don't create it? Do you feel like it's good? Because uh, you are your, the audience initially. You're kind of the first person that's viewing the film in your head. That's cool. Yeah. As you're creating it, um, yeah. do you, are you confident in it? Because confidence has so much to do with it. But not just naiveness. Being truth with your, with your creative process. Yeah. I knew No Plus Tops for the Dead wasn't good. Yeah. I knew it, and I was yeah. okay with it. Yeah. And Noga Deed won 18 film festivals. And I also knew it was going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's being true to yourself. And once you start answering those questions, and then you can get to the uh, networking. Because the networking and filmmaking is just as important as anything. It's can you find resources? Can you find people that believe in your vision to help you now create it? Um, it, because it is such a collaboration and don't be naive don't don't go straight for the 120 minute film mm. you know yeah t- take your time create something because you're the first one is usually going to be bad yeah so let something that wasn't good to begin with let that be bad learn what you're going to learn do you have a theme do you have inspiration Do you have favorite artists? Do you know what kind of world you want to create? Do you have a little niche? Um, Are you just making another film? Mm. Is your film starting with a clock alarm going off and your character waking up? Because then you should probably stop right there. (laughs) do you, do you have those, those ideas that... Do you watch films and do you recreate certain scenes with the idea where, oh, this could have been better if this happened? Mm. like can you, Do you have yeah. that ability? Because you're going to need it because...
1: Like if, that critical eye?
2: Yeah, because if I'm talking to somebody and they're in the process of creating, mm. and for them to know that... Because you know, I'm in the process of creating and I'm like... I'm gonna be such a force, so you better be confident with your work, mm. cause I'm I'm here too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So bring that kind of the same mm-hmm. aggression, because I know I'm bringing it, and I know I'm extremely confident with what's coming.
0: And maybe a good one to 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 that point, open to suggestions or open to that uh, communication. Yeah,
2: a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So. I, I listen to um, a lot of comedians, not just in stand-up or whatever they do, but just going through their creative process. So I was trying to find somebody outside of my profession just to get a different you know, insight on or just perspective on life, whatever. Uh, but there was this comedian, he was talking about uh, coming off stage. He's like, uh, I did okay. It wasn't like I didn't bomb and I didn't crush no. it. I just did okay. And it was like, you know what? Um I was just kind of running through my material for the first time. Anyway, so he sat at the, at, at, in the back uh, where the rest of the comedians were who were ready to, you know, wait waiting for their turn. And he's like, he sat there, and they all just like, yo, you know what you can do? And they're all just breaking down his entire, whatever, 20-minute set, minute set yeah. helping him to improve. If you did this, if you did that, he was blown away. How many people, for one, they were willing to help him. Two, that had so much mm. different spins on what he was going to create that... It exploded his creativity hmm. for the next round. He's like, a lot of them, I didn't necessarily take for it, right? But I used them on my next pieces yeah. or my next project. So it's very interesting. Um, uh, you definitely got to be open because you can be in, in art. You, you're very vulnerable.
2: You know, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that word, vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability is, like, I enter that state when I'm creating. I yeah. become super vulnerable um, <laughs> I become emotional yeah. and it seeps into the real world like, yeah. my creative process is you've heard of method acting mm-hmm. correct? Mm. Which, which is kind of like the actor getting into the regardless of what techniques they have I've never heard of like, method writing or mm. method directing, I've never heard of that and I became very fascinated because my favorite actors and honestly the best actors they all implement this method acting so I started implementing that when I was writing No Good Deed. I started implementing that when I was writing Canoon, and still writing Canoon. And it, when it comes to that method, writing, directing, and kind of like getting in a certain mindset, it can seep into the real world, and because it just makes you more vulnerable. Like it, mm. it's, it's, it's so difficult to turn that on and off. Yeah. And. I've been, again, we're talking about a project that I wrote three years ago. Yeah. Um, It's been in the film festival circuit for a few months. But when I was writing that, I was super, I don't know what the right word is, but vo- actually vulnerable. Yeah. I, I was super vulnerable, um, emotional. Like yeah. I, I could tell there was something off. And I feel like that's just associated with my creative process. And I'm also willing to accept that because as long as it means... Creating the highest possible art quality, then I'm I'm more than willing to kind of sac- again sacrifice part of yeah. the sanity to mm. to create that project that I know I want to create. And I, when I took a break because I am coming off a, a little break, I I stopped writing for a little bit for a few months. Um, I. St- no good deal was already done it was just i was just garnering accolades in the film festival circuit and i I could just notice like i i just felt different yeah (laughs) i was more there was just more to me now it was like oh this is this feels so cool like i don't have to worry about writing i don't have to worry about creating these scenes because they can they can literally over over
0: take over your world.
2: Yet. They can literally take you over sometimes because you're so invested in it. And that's what I meant when I said uh, it's a very interesting time in my life because I'm kind of now starting to transition back into creative process. Yeah. After taking time off and like kind of just just enjoying life and, yeah, not, and not writing and not doing this because it's, it's important to take breaks as well. So, again, now I'm back into the creating process. I feel the switch a little bit. You know when I started feeling it? What is... Today is Tuesday? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yesterday morning. Yeah. It's, I've, I woke up and I just felt... I just felt a little bit different than... I, there was kind of... It, it was back, it felt like. Yeah. That that, that creature was back. Yeah. That's, that's like helping me create. And it's like... It becau- it, it's, it's a heavy creature, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like a... Yeah, it's ju- it's just there, but that's kind of that, and that's where the vulnerability comes from. And again, I'm more than willing to do that for the sake of my creating process because I know that's what it takes, and and I know what I'm trying to achieve. I'm genuinely, mm, I, I I try to be careful with coming off as too overconfident. Or I'm I'm genuine, like I genuinely feel like I can. ...bring something back when it comes to cinema. Yeah. Um, because just what I watched today, it's just... It's good. I mean, of course. Like, I'm not yeah. taking anything away. But there's, in my opinion, something missing. Yeah. Just something missing. And I feel like I can step right in and, and, and show people what is missing. I Again, I try to do that with No Gadid. Intentionally, I I let the image... Take over the story, the narration. I didn't overwrite it. I didn't. There's not too much dialogue. One of the most difficult things with filmmaking is not relying on dialogue. Mm. Can you tell a story, a narration, an image, a cohesive project through images, through camera work? That's a difficult part. Yeah. Because dialogue can. For example, you, like a narrator, sometimes people consider that like a, a lazy technique because you're overtelling the audience, like you're not showing them, you're relying on this voice to like tell them. Just exposition. It's, but it can be done correctly, don't get me wrong, sure. but it's just so difficult and it's, I seldom do I watch it, do I see it done correctly, but it can Somebody
0: be- never saw Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> Sandlot. <laughs>
2: St. Law was awesome. St. <laughs> Law was awesome. And that, again, I wanted to do that with No Good Deed. Because I knew this was probably... I don't know if I'm creating another short film. Yeah. I'm so ready to create my yeah, full my, my full length. Because I know that the, it's those stories there. And it's just for me to write it. So I wanted to... I took... There were notes that I wanted to that I wrote and like a checklist that I wanted to do with No Good Deed. Tell the story through images. <coughs> Show potential investors, potential people who, you know, who might... This is a journey. This is, a, this is going to be a journey for me. Like No plus House for the Dead was first. No Good Deed is second. Canoon is third, mm-hmm. is fourth, mm-hmm. is fifth, mm. so it's like, and people come with you on this journey early on. Yeah. And. I kind of I wanted to make sure I established what my films will invoke. However, you feel about No Good Deed, I yeah. know some people are not going to like it, which and I know that, and yeah. I'm more than fine with that. But I also know some people are going to love it. Yeah, and and I know both people that didn't like it and that and that did enjoy it. I assure you one thing, it invoked feelings in both groups. Mm. And I think that is so important with just art in general, mm. just can you invoke something, can you make the audience feel something, sure. regardless if they like it or I don't care if you like it or not, yeah. but did you feel something? Right. And that's good enough for me because th- it's just, that right there is just as difficult as, as anything there is. Making another human being feel something through your art, through your lens, through your camera. Um, and yeah, how, how did you feel uh, watching? No good, Deal? Let me ask you a question. So, so the
0: fir- immediately it was you without, got
2: without giving away. Too yeah, much.
0: so immediately you got me. Well, you already said the beginning. So immediately it's like you almost forced my focus, and so you like I gravitated towards like what the heck is going on? Yeah, and to that point, I started questioning a lot of things. It was like, where's he going with this? Yeah, you know, and he, yeah. uh, um. And then a scene you already mentioned with the artwork of uh, River, uh, something that you said the real person already did, that scene was like powerful for me.
2: With the Greek sound, the Greek music in the background, like... I, I tried And those I fused, specific statues with I, the... I fused a lot for that scene and... Um, and it, color. So... There was dark tones
0: throughout the whole time and all hmm. of a sudden you're blasted with this bright red and it was like... Yeah. You know, I was almost like nauseating. Like I almost got nauseous. It was a weird thing.
2: And I, I wanted to do that. Yeah. And even the sound that accompanies... See, it's, it's a relationship. What you're seeing and what you're hearing, they both go hand in hand. Hmm. The redness is not just redness. Yeah. There's a little, you know, there's screeching in the background. Yeah. There's something in the background that's yeah. also helping the image invoke a further enhanced feeling and the best but sometimes it can overwhelm the audience so i try to be very very uh calculated with how i wanted to do it and one of my other techniques was the relationship with the camera and the actor like i kind of wanted to make it one of my themes was with that camera work I wanted to make it feel like it was kind of forced to be there. Yeah. Like I do very specific things. Like there's no close-ups. You don't necessarily look into the character's eyes. You follow. If you realize, like we're following him a lot from the back. Yes. We're spying. We're hiding. Yeah. It is a more voyeuristic kind of like. Exactly. There. Like yeah. there's something going on with the with the uh, camera work as well that um. That I wanted to strongly. Implement and I feel very confident that it did just that. You
0: definitely invoke emotion. I will say that. And one other scene, I will say without spilling the beans, I'm gonna yeah. tell everyone you gotta check it. No, out. No,
2: I enjoy it. whatever scene okay. you want to talk about. Like this is very. I, no, it was very in because it
0: was it was I felt sort of um, in the not in the dark, but just kind of like in a shadow realm almost That's awesome. the majority of the time.
2: You're bringing yeah. me back to the film now. Now you got me started. So yes. Prolong this. Inter- like now, now <laughs> yeah. You brought me back to a film that I created three years ago, but now you got me going as if I just created it yesterday. So Yeah, and so the others, the
0: other scene that is just like just popping out at me, which it invoked... Don't, I, and I know why, because I'm a religious person. Extreme comfort is when the priest was praying with him, right? And all of a sudden, I was just like, "Oh, oh crap!" Everything started to make sense again, yeah. right? And it was weird because his life can do this to you, where you're just like, "It's so chaotic," and you feel lost, and all this other. And all of a sudden, it just gathers. Vroom. It's summed yeah. up, but I'm also a religious person, or or not a religious person, I should say, a person with deep beliefs. Um, I and sprinkled
2: so in some that, religious yeah. things, there were some things so going on, so that felt in it was way. like,
0: wait, it almost fr- I forgot what I was yeah. doing, yeah. Um, and then that just almost like brought me back to reality. Um, and then obviously, he says something within that prayer that is the title
2: of the I wrote that prayer, yeah. I, wrote I like that, that. Uh, a lot of people. I like are like man where did you uh, uh what what quote is that? Where, yeah, where? I'm like yeah. no I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, and it was funny
0: because then you, if you realize what the title of the the, yeah. the film is and you're like huh? And, and there's so many things
2: that is just like in the middle of you're like ah oh, come for you. did you just say no good deed? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I have that that was one of my things. I have 14 minutes to sprinkle in yeah, foreshadowing to sprinkle in. It's a in. lot. Yeah, like there's That's there's It's a
0: lot you did with that short period of time.
2: Yeah, and uh Exactly
0: that was cool, but so so how can people watch it? it's ready for public consumption it's it's, right. it's, it's ready so like, it's been out doing what in the la- in the last two months
2: what you saw the Vimeo link that you saw yeah. that was an exclusive link for film festivals um, for film festivals strictly okay I wasn't going to release it without. Cause I knew it was going to win awards, and I'm not. There's a difference: official selections, nominees, semi-finalists. Those are all different. Those are all different than awards. Like yeah. I want to make that clear because it is a lot more difficult to get an award versus an official selection. Right. Because a lot of the films that you'll watch, you, they'll start off with their laurels and their accolades. You'll see official selection, official selection, mm. which. Listen, I'm not trying to like, which is all because it's just so difficult. Yeah, because you're competing against so many other creatives. Yeah. 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 But I want I want people to make sure
0: that distinction,
2: the distinction. It's an award winning. It's not an official selection. I didn't even I didn't even include the official selection laurels into the film. And again, that's why I wanted it to go through the film festival process first. Because I wanted to gain those accolades, mm. those laurels, which is kind of like those uh, ribbons where yeah. it shows the name of the film festival and like kind of like its status yeah. and how it, it performed within film festival. And I wanted, after Demba Films Presents, the next thing that you see is the laurels now. Got it. Mm. The version that you guys watched did not have the laurels because no. it wasn't award-winning yet. Sure. And again... I'm going to keep saying this, but I knew it was going to win. (laughs) So, that's why I delayed the YouTube uh, public, because I have my own YouTube um, page, Dumbo Films. Yeah. And... I knew it was going to go on there, but I didn't want to do it simultaneously with the film fest while it was competing in film festivals because I wanted to collect those award winning laurels and have them for display in the beginning of the film. That's cool. Just to kind of give the audience a reassurance that what you're about to watch is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're about absolutely. to watch something. In, <laughs> yeah. store. in fact, I'm, I'm flexing right now. Yeah. I had to remove three award winning laurels because the symmetrical aesthetic did not make sense because it won 18 three columns of six award-winning laurels yeah was not the it kind of felt convoluted kind of felt yeah so 555 five, five felt so much cleaner so i had okay. to remove um three film festival laurels that he puts at the end just to like smack you in the face <laughs> no,
3: <kidding>. yeah, <laughs> I no, also don't
2: forget about these to be continued to go on a little mini rant on film festivals since (laughs) I'm talking about these laurels um, although I, I am certainly grateful for the accomplishments and the success that my film had in these film festivals it's very they don't it wasn't the most I don't know how to say this I felt initially like they were kind to do. They were going to do more to promote it to kind of like. I felt like it was like this whole relevance when it came to film festivals. But through through this process, it also felt like a little cash grabber from like young filmmakers. Yeah. Um, Like I did my research. I did. I watched plenty of interviews. I didn't actually realize the the negative perceptions between filmmakers and and film festivals. It's almost like it was irrelevant. Sure. Um, but for me, for me specifically, it was very important. Like, and again, that's why I didn't submit no plow stops for the dead to film festivals because I knew it wasn't going to win. Yeah. So I didn't want to waste my time. And I think for filmmakers as well, it's important to... Don't waste your time. Don't waste that money with um, film festivals if you know you're not going to compete. And for me, I, it made sense for me because again, I knew it was going to win, and I really wanted those laurels to start the film off just so I can give that the audience a reassurance that you're going to watch something that is good i mean it 's won some of the most prestigious yeah film festivals. Top shorts is literally the number one online film festival, and it won short it won best uh, drama, I believe and and I also knew the film is going to invoke something. And I wanted them to realize that, oh, well, if it won awards, then maybe I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So that I wanted to do that, but like I'll go on these film festivals, um, Instagram pages and they're not, I don't think filmmakers, if I could give another um, tip to whoever, <laughs> whoever's listening, I don't think film festival filmmakers take full advantage of if they were to win um, film festivals. I don't think they take full advantage of the marketing that comes with it. Like, this is my first time kind of promoting and marketing anything. Yeah. So, and I would go to these film festival pages and I would see, like, I would go to their story, and the most they would kind of do is repost. You know, a, a certificate from the filmmaker, but the filmmaker wasn't promoting anything. Yeah, and that's another th- another reason why I kind of shied away from promoting my film festival circuits um, certificates. Because I wasn't, I didn't have that link yet. Okay. If I'm going to mo- promote your film festival and the award, the accolade that I garnered from your film festival, and I know you're going to repost it to your audience, I want to make sure there's a link yeah. to my film as well. So it's mm-hmm. not just, oh yeah, look at this. It's uh, a one-way. Yeah, look charm. at this young filmmaker just promoting their win at our film festival. Because mm, yeah. essentially, that's also the audience that I want to watch Good Deed. Right. People that... Follow these right. film festivals. Like that's that's my audience. Those are like the artsy, um, niche kind of audience yeah. that I'm looking for. Cause my audience is what my my follow- Like I don't. You know what I mean. Like sure. Yeah. It's cool to practice promoting in front of them, but sure. I really want to target those film festival um, audiences and having. These awards. That's another way that I feel like I can bring attention to my film. And I I don't like, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about the views. Cause for me, if it doesn't help create my next film, then it means nothing to me. Like, it's cool, but I, I need to create the next one. Like, that's my main. When I'm done with the film, I'm already on. Yeah. My next mission is help enhance uh promote my creative process for the next film because that's that's kinda how I want to operate. All well said.
0: I love it. Alright, so there you go. So if people did want to follow you, do you have any uh Instagram handles or anything they should check you out, they want, you know, follow up you personally Yeah,
2: uh they could follow me on uh, Steve Dumba D E M B A. No underscores just that if they want to uh follow me. Um I will be releasing "No Good Deed" Thursday, 8 p.m. It will go on my YouTube channel, Dumbo Films, and that's where it will come out. "No Good Deed," Dumbo Films.
0: All right, so there you have it, folks. We like to wrap things up with quotes, and the first one is by Carol Burnett: "When you have a dream, you have to grab it and let it never let it go." And the second one by Audrey Hepburn. Nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. Film Fest filmmaking part two. In this episode, we have special guest, Steve Demba. We cover topics that range from filmmaking, cinematography, creative processes, film festivals, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Carol Burnett and Audrey Hepburn.
1: Awesome.